Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Once again, this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And today, once again on the podcast, we're having our third brother, Marty. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's so good to have you, Marty. This is so fun. This is the first time we've had Marty to join us for an original showcase episode. Yeah, it's now, also the first time we've had <laughs> Marty back since we've started the reoccurring Marty's Corner episode. So I'm sure all of you are very familiar with him because Marty has sort of a reoccurring role. So yeah, on let's the just give now. you an official thanks. Thanks, Marty, for taking the time to do those segments. We really appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love being part of the show in any way. And that was an idea that uh, the three of us had bounced around and we wanted to do for a long time. And I'm so excited that we're finally getting to do that. Yeah, about Absolutely. those checks. We've already we, gotten uh, a lot of kind of lost them. So there is, there's no payment. Uh, we wanted to bring you here to yeah, tell you that. Yeah, the checks are lost in the <laughs> mail. That's actually why I'm here. I was. Yeah. Oh, he's wielding an axe. So they're not ready is what you're saying? <laughs> no, we've yeah. already gotten some good uh, response from those. People are really enjoying those. And it's cool because, you know, a long time ago we did that breakdown and analysis, that really long episode. Sure. So in some ways, maybe that was like too long form of a thing. But I think what's nice is We broke is it down like, a little too much. Five-minute things every now and then is just really interesting to really talk about music theory. But anyway, guys, if you have been paying attention, if you're long fans of the podcast, every season we do an episode called Original Showcase where we play music that we've composed and kind of tell you guys what we've been up to. And this is the first time on one of these Original Showcases that we're going to have Marty uh, and play more of a, you know, kind of more of Marty's music as well as yeah, me we, and Will's. Yeah, we've played a lot of his stuff in the past, actually, especially in the first two, we played a lot of his video game music. Now, Marty uh, is an excellent composer um it just so happens he doesn't write as much uh video game music as we do so that's why we probably haven't featured a lot of it but he has i can't figure out how to turn the things on right it's sort of like (laughs) that's 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 all he marty always calls me with trouble and i say is it on is it plugged in and, and it said, never what is. Do you mean? Yeah. I thought you don't have to use your hands anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, no, no also, this is going to be fun. Guys. Yeah. Also, Marty's here to help promote uh, that show that we've been talking about, Fireflower, that Marty uh, wrote and composed all the music for, and it has a really cool video game element. So we're really excited and, to. And, share and it some involves of that. all three Marcado brothers, and um, we actually just came back from from a, a pretty intensive rehearsal. Yeah, I just got the makeup off of my face. <laughs> but uh, when this comes out, actually, we would have already completed our first two shows which were uh saturday um august 2nd and sunday august and then i think 3rd. when this comes out we'll have a show this night I believe. yeah we have monday night so yeah, anyway, we so, have five performances so if you're in the metro area tonight yeah definitely come check us out and there'll be uh, information and links on the mercado Brothers even website. if you're not in the metro if you're close if you're drivable distance it's a, it i mean it's worth yeah, it western guys. hemisphere <laughs> I, I don't think there's an excuse yeah really. so actually one fun thing we're doing guys and it's a really exciting thing in the podcast later on in the playlist we're actually going to play a track from a, a, one of the songs from Fireflower. it's a song that marty's character sings and he's actually going to sing it live on the podcast and if you guys know we've talked about it before the whole backing track of this musical is all done on family tracker and eight bit so it, it you know it fits on this podcast because it's video game yeah music. and there's only one take on that marty so lots of pressure lots of pressure okay let's get into it let's get into <laughs> it here so we're going to start things off what you guys heard was the credits from soaring through the stars uh which me and will composed we're going to start things off with a track that will compose from our album mega buster our ode to the blue bomber this is gear man anything you want to say before we play this will i wrote this like the night after I had written uh, the Dr. Billy stage, and these are my two favorite contributions that I made in the album, but I don't know. I 
this one really meant a lot to me because when we were first working on it, I wasn't thinking that I was going to get Mega Man. Like I thought this was going to be something that you would excel at more. Mm -hmm. And I was really happy after I wrote this one because I know if I could do two, then I felt like I was set. It's kind of a pattern. So so. that's cool. Let's take a listen to Gear Man composed by Will Brueggemann. That is a funky track. You guys are listening to Gear Man from Mega Buster, that composed by Will Brueggemann. Um, I really like the Latin influence. You know, you guys, recently we had that Mega Man 2 episode. We talked about Takashi Tateishi's score for that game. One thing we realized uh, when we were recording that episode is how much Latin influence there was in that game. And Mega Man 2 was the primary source of inspiration for us. Uh, so I, I was really happy when, when Will played this for me a long time ago. You know, this is the second one he did. I was like, yes, he's getting some of that Latin influence. But then in this section, it's kind of just, you know, quintessential rocking video game music. It's just, I think it's on the nose. Yeah, personally. I really tried to go for, I mean, Mega Man 2, I would say, was probably my only influence. Mm-hmm. One and two, one very little, but I mean, Mega Man 2 is really yeah. the soundtrack that I'm going for because the rest of them are, are good, but... They, this they is have the one that's so iconic and yeah. has such its own sound. Yeah. Yeah, this one is just so strong melodically. And I think I, the first time I heard it was Will playing playing it for me on the piano. And just all the pieces fit together so perfectly. It really felt like a lost Mega Man song. Yeah, and, and any time you can do that delay on the on the pulse. Lead, yeah, the implementation of that be... delay in the bridge is really appealing. Really good stuff. Yeah, so cool way to yeah, start the episode Yeah, this was actually, uh, the, the, this album really helped me with my kind of tracker for working on Tracker because there was a lot of stuff. And it actually helped me for Fireflower because I learned how to use different processes because basically what would happen for my own stuff I'd sequence but also for the stuff that Carl wrote so there were certain times where I'd have to listen to a demo he made by ear and input each Absolutely. part or sometimes he would send me sheet music or and other some of times. that was actually quite stressful do you remember that one track I did what was it um, uh, it was the um proton man or something I can't remember yeah that one was very hard because intricate in Latin you had a lot of were really advanced piston man yeah you had a lot of syncopated rhythm you were so frustrated. And you had certain things where it's like a lot of like 30 second notes, which can't mm-hmm. exist in the grid. And then that I remember I created, after you finished so I it, I was like, oh, it sounds so good. And you're stuff. like, please, nothing like that again. Yeah. <laughs> please, not that tempo, not but that no, much. It, it was good practice because for yeah. Fireflower, um, there's different ways that Marty will send me like different pieces of the score to do in Family Tracker. And I feel like working on Mega Buster kind of got me used to that process a little bit. Very cool. So now we're going to move on to a track uh, I composed for Sonic Esque Volume 4, which is the most recent Sonic Esque album that I released uh, a little bit ago, a couple months ago. I'm gonna yeah, play... it's actually good this time. It's not too bad. 
yeah, it's not too terrible. That was my goal to not make it atrocious. All the Sonic, <laughs> um, all the Sonic-esque albums have been really outstanding. So. Oh, thanks, dude. This one in particular really surprised me because I, I don't know. It's like I, I've loved all of them, and there's that part of me that's kind of like when you do, when you have a lot of creativity and a small pocket of time, and mm-hmm. then you try to do something later, it just can't live up to it. But to be honest, this ended up being one of my favorite. Carl albums and it's like it's different than the older Sonic-esques but it has so much creativity in it and there's so much catchy stuff. Oh thanks dude so I'm going to play a couple tracks today later on I'll play another one but I'm going to start off with a track called Soaring Gadget and this was one of the first ones I did maybe the third track I did and I really wanted to have one track that kind of um used a lot of those classic drum samples from Sonic 3. Uh, you guys, if you remember, if you played Sonic 3, there's a lot of really kind of classic, like, go, and, like, different kind of drum sounds that really kind of characterize that soundtrack. Yeah, so one I thing I want you guys to listen track to that that. is the riff in the beginning. I think it's the strongest part of the piece, and it might be one of the best things in the whole album, the opening riff. It just, it's ripped right out of a classic For Sonic sure. game. It's Thanks, fantastic. dude. Well, this is Soaring Gadget. Let's take a listen. Soaring Gadget uh, from my recent Sonic Esque Volume 4 album, which just came out a couple months ago. I absolutely love this. Boy, that one just, it just rocks. Yeah, that opening riff, uh, like I mentioned, I just think it's so fantastic. It's one of my favorite things on the album. I mean, I think there's other tracks that might be my favorites, like the one that you're going to play later on today. <laughs> I really love, but this one just feels so Sonic-y, and this might be my favorite section, even though I love that opening riff. Just that arpeggio is so They just sort of take you delightful. over. You're almost sort of like washed over by those. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool, that's exactly cool. how I feel. I remember listening to it the first time, especially when this arpeggio increases the octave here. Oh, it just tugs at me because, you know, in video game music, we get a lot of that kind of chromatic chord progression, the descending thing. It's very yeah. emotional. And I mean, composers like Hip Tanaka and Koji Kondo and Nakamura, they they all oh, yeah. do that. But I, I always am delighted when composers are able to find new ways to do it and give it sort of an emotional tension to it. And that was something I was really impressed with here. It didn't just feel like an arbitrary slapping this thing. And it really yeah, this, it had some heart. This Thanks so much. Yeah, this track, uh, Soaring Gadget, was I, I'm so happy with it because I remember when I started – 
um, not what ended up being this, but the first idea I had for this type of a tr- song. I was like, oh, I want to use these samples and I want to do something that like rocks or whatever. And it just wasn't, I was kind of forcing it and it wasn't that great. And I was just kind of frustrated and I was going to go to bed. But right before I went to bed, I got up my mini keyboard and I just pressed a beat and I just played something. And this, that riff is what I played. Um, and it was just a lot simpler than what I had before, but I was like, you know what? Sometimes simple is, is good. So I'm glad I went with that. It was a more sort of clear idea. Yeah. I think the other thing I enjoy, what's going to be fun about this episode is you'll get to hear the different sensibilities between the three of us. Mm -hmm. And I think all three of us put melody first as far as, um, importance or it's just Mm -hmm. something that is important. But what I like is it's like. I think the first three notes of that melody could be something that I could imagine all three of us coming up with. Hmm. But what I love about the way that you take that little motif and develop it is so signature to your compositional style. Absolutely. Like I could yeah. see me writing da 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 da. I could see that, or I could mm-hmm. see Marty doing that. Um, but it's like I feel like if we had that, you would see our own fingerprints on That's where so the melody goes. That's very interesting. Well, I don't know. To me, it's like, doesn't it feel this way, guys, where it's like, uh, you'll, and a little idea will come to you, like a, a couple notes, and it like it feels like you almost didn't create it, and mm-hmm. then you kind of fill in yeah, the, the way, you make it, it, the way that you process those germs, mm-hmm. like you say, Will, I mean, that that ends up getting you so involved where your fingerprints are all over it. It's, yeah. there's, there's no other way to do it. Carl, I had a question on that one. Sure. I was... Uh, you know, those samples, those vocal samples are so unique mm-hmm. and they're unlike anything that you really have on a keyboard or any other instruments. How do you compose using those? <laughs> is it is it the kind of thing where as you're playing it on the keyboard, you're sort of shouting, go. And like, it's really what it is, is because I sequence all the drum parts on the computer. So none of that is, quote, performance based. It's all thinking in my head, what do I want the drum to do? And a lot of times, um, I usually, I always do the drums last, by the way. Well, I think it helps and, that you're a drummer, you and, know? And usually when you, you know, Marty, you know, would know this, he co-owns a recording studio. Drums is usually something you do first or very close to the beginning. But with the sonic stuff, I really want to make sure I have a solid bass line and chords and, and melody. But so what I, I do, the drums at the end. And the first thing I would do is just for this song was, I knew I wanted the intro to have a right. four on the floor. And I, I was kind of singing along with it. I was like, da, 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 go. And I had different okay. ideas that I was in my that's head so cool. doing. Great. And then I would try to, you know, try to find well, which and just based on my that. experience in working with Carl. I mean, that's sort of, to me, rhythm is like Carl's, biggest intuition i mean clearly that's like his just i don't, I don't know if you look at music in yeah, three pillars yeah, like he sort of lives and breathes yeah rhythm is kind of it, it, what, what's so cool is like the most. a lot of times he doesn't sing it out like we've done songs before and he'll just be completely silent and make a drum part and it's so cool what i like about it is a lot of times i feel like percussionists talk about like the feel and oh you have to mm-hmm. feel it but carl is able to be rhythmic both in feel and in thought you know he can digitally That's input like true. he said on the computer a lot of composers or you know people who make music when they input drums it just feels so kind of cold and digital and even if they right. could play drums like it doesn't have the kind of soul to it That's, and i feel like carl and knows the subtleties and then a lot of, the of a lot of drummers tend not to have the patience for you know, the really sort of painstaking implementation that mm-hmm. you, 
that you really have to get involved in to do this sort of music. Well, you guys are too kind. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, You're I think, paying us, I right? think what it, <laughs> the checks in the mail will, it might be lost as well. Uh, See, no, I think what I think on these checks getting lost. Since, it's really, it's, since it's I do play drums, I think that's, that's what happens is like, oh, this isn't interesting enough because, you know, maybe I have a higher standard of what I think is an interesting drum beat, I guess. Um, so maybe that kind of goes a long way. But I mean, anyway, we're only giving you the compliments under the assumption that you'll give us like compliments back. Right. right? That's how it works. Cool. Cool. Anyway, we're going to now play a track. This is, this is cool because me and Will composed this track and we're so happy with it. We just really think this turned out good and we've never played it for you guys before. So no one's ever heard this before. And this actually, uh, we wrote this for an iOS game. Someone asked us to do this, the type of song. And for whatever reason, it didn't end up working out. It wasn't exactly what that composer was looking for. He wanted to go in a different direction. So this is going to be unused. The funny story about this, I want to talk about it because I was kind of mad that it wasn't used because this gentleman came to us saying that he really liked the music that we did for RGB plus jump and he just basically wanted something exactly like that so we kind of scratched our heads and so say, it's kind well, of the sequel do, to yeah Density. we did like yeah. the same process and tried to you know have the mm-hmm. same vibe and we honestly made something that we felt was better and for whatever but, reason and that's totally fine and that's going to happen he didn't like it and that's yeah. totally cool but right, um right. it's it's cool that now we finally get to, to share and maybe in the future guys this could be used for another game we're not close to that idea so anyway let's play that This is called Boundless, uh, composed by Will and myself. Let's take a listen, guys. are listening to Boundless, which is a track that was composed by myself and Will. Uh, for an iOS game, this is an unused piece of music that hopefully we can use in the future. But yeah, it's kind of the sequel, the spiritual uh, successor to Density from RGB Plus Jump. We had a really good time uh, collaborating on all the different elements were singularly composed by either myself or Will and brought together. Guys, that is such a great song. This is this is the first time that uh, I have the honor of hearing this song. And 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, I need to. I need to download it. <laughs> just, I, just include it in the check, you know, and just like a little flash, flash drive. In What's the fun about uh, this? Because this is um, this and density is so different from how Carl and I collaborate. Well, really, what's fun about uh, our collaborations is that we do it different every time. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we've done a lot is Carl coming up with chords and groove and everything, and I write melody. We've also done I write A section, he do B section, vice versa. We've done different types of collaboration, and it's really fun to explore What's that fun about potential. this in RGB is that electronic music is really all about small kernels, yeah. small riffs that repeat over and over, and then another element right. comes in and then goes away. And then another, so that's what we wanted to do is like, okay, let's compose 10 really good kernels, and yeah. then we have those to work with. Once we have the kernels, and it's just a matter of where should it. they come in, what instrument should so they be. So we made you know? this completely together in one night, um, and we just take turns going off the mm -hmm. keyboard, like, Will, why don't you write like a little melody? So I wrote the da, ya, da, 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 da. and then yeah. Carl and would write like da, 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 da. the yeah. bass line, or he'd do right. the dip-a-da-boom, Exactly. And going back and forth like that is just a really fun, I mean, what's cool is like, well, the great thing about music, guys, is like, this wasn't used in the game, but it's like I'm still just as excited and happy about this track. It doesn't yeah. really matter. It's like we have yeah. so much fun doing this and expressing it that it's only a plus if other people in the world. Well, can what's enjoy fun it, is you know? like with this, I feel like the, our ideas are so they almost feel like they're from one mind. This and density, I was really happy where it's like, gosh, sometimes I'd even forget who wrote a little it's, idea. It's kind of this dual ownership where I don't even remember who did what. Yeah. Well, yeah, like. I, I think for this one I can remember I did that one melody and I remember the only other thing mm -hmm. I remember is the do we do I remember I did I remember I did the yeah I don't remember <laughs> I think I did the bass and other things yeah. that's so neat guys that I mean you really found I mean and you like you were saying well you find new ways to collaborate where those walls disappear yeah. and I don't know the result is such exciting music you know dude I think that dun, 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 I think I did it in this one because that's the thing that you did yeah. in the last yeah. one another cool density, thing density you the, had the last that same thing rhythm I want so to mention is Will had to record that like 5,000 times slower because yeah. he wanted to compose it so that every note was interesting in their pitch so he literally was like and then we sped it up and it's just it's cool So like George Martin on the piano exactly so anyway, uh, guys, anyone who's a nerd of the Super Mercado Brothers, specifically our music, I'm not sure if anyone is, but anyone who's a big fan will, I think, be really interested in this. If you guys remember, we had an album we released a couple years ago called Of Cosmic Proportions. It was our Mario Galaxy tribute album. And originally what happened is when we were working on uh, the project, Marty helped us with some sequencing um, of some of the orchestral stuff. And he actually composed a track that was kind of inspired by, well, very inspired by Koji Kondo's the observatory theme from the first Mario Galaxy theme. And he actually did sequence it for multiple reasons. Um, we didn't include it on the album based on the flow of the album. So it's yeah, kind of a hidden you bonus guys, track. As you guys really finished the album, it really seemed clear. It's like, uh, I was so impressed by all of your guys' work. And it's like, you know what? This should really be this this should really represent the duel of the Mercado brothers. I don't know. Well, it was the first, it was right. the first joint album we'd ever done together. So I think that was also the reason it kind of needed yeah. to establish. Whereas, whereas Mega Buster, for example, it was kind of going into it. It's like, we had a little bit more foresight of like, Oh, it'd be cool to, to well, have Marty now, this track and to help now with going this. forward. I, I kind of, I want Marty's uh, interaction with our joint albums Absolutely. to kind of mirror his relationship with the podcast. Where Absolutely. He contributes sort of like a low, at a low percentage. Yeah. But I think it's but always, 
going to make there. it better in the future. Yeah. But since this was the first one, whatever, you know, for multiple reasons. So this is a bonus track no one's ever heard from Of Cosmic Proportions. It's called Even Arabelle. I've never heard. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> it's called Arabella's Watch. It's really good. Yeah. Um, maybe we yeah. didn't include it because we were intimidated. So well, anyway, this, this, one this, neat thing about that experience is uh, I remember really struggling trying to find the right italian woman's name mm-hmm. that i would name the <laughs> observatory after and then also it's like well yeah i'm not just gonna have it be you know yeah and so the, similar to rosalina's well, observatory and then what's cool and then around, then, i was although, looking through these italian baby girl names and i liked that and then i'm like oh we'll do watchtower and then that ended up for a long time it was still in the track listing so carl had a piece yeah which used her name yeah because i because especially because if at that point we knew marty's track wasn't gonna be on i still want that name to be on the album so that's why we did arabella's lullaby so so yeah if you know in the future if we release a deluxe edition or whatever it'll be on there this is arabella's watchtower composed by marty You just listened to Arabella's Watchtower, which is a never-before-heard uh, world premiere bonus track uh, composed by Marty from Of Cosmic Proportions. So classical. It really sounds like a classical waltz that's always existed. Or a romantic era yeah. waltz. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. And I think what's so cool is Marty's influence here was obviously Koji Kondo's observatory theme. But more than that, because, you know, when you think about Koji Kondo's music, when he composed the observatory theme, he wasn't doing necessarily just his own thing. He was trying to create a romantic waltz, you know, the likes of Tchaikovsky and that's what I hear in this piece a lot and maybe it was we heard like so much of that that it was like oh my gosh like it's almost like is it even Mario like it was hard it was hard to make that decision um but it, this is just so good oh gosh well thanks for thanks for including this guys uh yeah you know uh the first time I played Mario Galaxy and I heard this theme um and this is one that uh, that has evolving orchestration as you get further in the game. It yeah. starts with kind of a minimal ensemble. But I was just so mesmerized because I felt like Koji was doing a classic sort of like Strauss waltz in yeah. the same way he did in the f- very first Super Mario Brothers game with the underwater. Yeah. It's just such a strong yeah. such a strong theme and I loved hearing how well orchestrated it was. For sure. Um but so yeah, I was I was really tr- as you can hear it's like the orchestration and even the sections are are modeled really closely at it but like Carl was saying I 
it was less about following Koji Kondo and more about trying to follow like a Strauss or a Tchaikovsky waltz. I think the difficult and, and thing still making it feel like it you could maybe picture it being in a Mario game. Right. Well, I think the difficult thing for you with this piece, which is honestly why it would it, no one could have done it, is like. With all the pieces that we did that we found successful in this album, they were influenced by multiple tracks in the game. Right. Where right. this, there's only one mm-hmm. in the entire Mario series that's like this, like that's an true. orchestral yeah. waltz that sounds romantic. Like you really don't have a lot to go off of other than that one track. And I think so the that's very really last tricky. decision, which now is so silly, is I think we had this idea, oh, 14 tracks, and this would have made it 15, and oh, like we had an idea of the number of tracks. Like, for some reason, I have a memory of like, it needs to be 14, I which is so very silly into now, even numbered track. Let's let's move on here, guys. Uh, that was cool. Now let's play a track. This is cool. This is a collaborative track composed by Will and Marty from our Megabuster album. This is a track that they collaborated on called Vector Woman. So let's play it and then talk about it. Here we go. fun fun you guys are listening to vector woman composed by will and marty from megabuster and it was such an essential track to be included on this album early on we knew okay we need to have a track that's in a major key that's fun and a little bit goofy because it can't all be rocking like dr wiley sounding pieces which so many of the tracks ended up sounding that way so i'm so glad that this I wanted was something included. like a crash man stage yes absolutely and in uh I'm not sure exactly the extent of your collaboration, so if you guys want to quickly talk about that. So basically what happened is it was one morning, Marty took the day off uh, to do it. Um, it must have been like winter break or something for me. Um, but I I remember in the morning I did the dun, ga, da, dun, ga, ga, and then I did this whole A section. I'd written da, 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 dun, mm-hmm. I did that and I had it sequenced and ready to go for when Marty came in and then I knew we were going to write the following section because following two sections well what happened is Marty was only going to do one track on the album but it turned out so good I kind of wanted to collaborate with him on one so I had started writing this one the night before and I called him like want to come over tomorrow and help me finish this and Marty had a really great idea for the subsequent sections because he's like uh, the way that things are going at this current pace, like you have all this cool major stuff, but what if we just do a complete right turn mm-hmm. and make it minor for the next thing? And that was something really cool, and I think it really makes the piece because if if it's we very didn't do surprising, that, I remember the first time yeah. you showed it to me, I was like, "Whoa!" Because if we didn't very do surprising. it, it, it would just kind of I feel like get a little bit cumbersome. Because I I'm had so glad the piece, the whole piece wasn't done because you're right, that would have yeah. gotten a little cumbersome. What do you What do you think, man? 
Yeah, I mean, it was really fun to be able to collaborate. And uh, Carl and I have a long history of collaborating on music together. Uh, But Will and I, even though we talk about music constantly and we're really involved in each other's music, we haven't co-written anything. So I was was really excited. And then when I came over, Will had... Uh, you know those that A section already done, and, yeah. and I was blown away. And to be honest, you know, even a little bit intimidated, I'm like, this is such a killer song. Yeah. I don't know if I can really offer anything here. And um, so it's just, but it's having really, that different perspective, well, just that's, trying to read, you know, so you important. Know, I mean, so often in music, whether you're talking about arranging or composing harmony, lyrics, whatever, it's like you you just try to get a sense of what energy isn't there yeah. and offer that sort of counter energy. It's all about and contrast. And this is a, maybe a little bit of an extreme example because like Will said, it, it's a it's a pretty sharp turn. But um, I, just, yeah, I really was, like it. I, well, I think the thing that's that so nice about it is since we're not scoring a game, we're able to do that. You know, we're just trying right. to make interesting music. So it's like if this were a level, we probably wouldn't have the luxury to change tone like that. But it's something where it's like to me. Well, it's like we're kind of inventing a new art form by making these like tribute albums because yeah, nobody's thing, done it. And that's one of the things where it's like it needs to feel like the game, but it also needs to have liberties to be a piece of music and not yeah, just be I was, like what could be background. It was fun for me to hear this uh, because I've obviously they've never really collaborated before so it was really cool for me to hear this collaborative track and just like oh this is so cool and something I look forward to in the future I don't want to spoil anything I'm not going to say anything but we do have something we're thinking about a pro, uh, another album in the future and I was thinking it'd be really cool if it featured multiple tracks where you two yeah, I feel like took this, the reins this on This next it. album would be um, ripe for like so, a Marty and I kind of So in the future stay tuned guys because i'm really excited about that so anyway let's move on this is a track a very recent track that i composed um i put this up on youtube um about a week or two ago it's called wavelink and originally i had the idea oh maybe i'll make an album of this kind of music i don't know if i'm going to do that um but anyways this is kind of like a modern groovy kind of a slightly funky electronic piece that uh maybe could go in a video game but i just had a fun time making it so let's take a listen to wavelink Was Wavelink. That was a very recent song that I composed just for the hell of it. 
dude, I love that song. I feel like Thanks. that's the song that a character inside a video game would be listening to on their headphones, <laughs> like when they're riding the subway, like oh, late that's at night cool. in their like crazy large digital city. In like a Wreck It Ralph kind of situation, where like all the video games are connected. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> I still have yet to see that movie. No, this piece I had a really fun time. I did it in one night. Uh, similar to a lot of the stuff that Will and I do, we work like insanely fast. And yeah, this is one I just did in one. I just was, had a lot of pent up energy. I just wanted to do something fun like this. Pretty simple, um, but something that I really enjoy. Reminds me of maybe like Sega Saturn or like arcade music. And of course, here I kind of take a solo, which I'm known to do from time to time. Man, yeah, I really. They're fun instruments. Like, it's a very bubbly bass. Yeah. That was a. Uh... A VST called Trillion, which is known for its upright, uh, but I actually really like their synth-based stuff, too. So, All right, folks, let's move on to a really exciting um, unveiling here. Now, Will's mentioned this before. He's currently working on his Metroid album, which is called Child of the Chozo. And today, we're going to show you guys two tracks to wet your whistle from this upcoming album. Yeah, this is something I've been working on for quite a while now. I've been working on it since late May. Uh, is when this was the first piece that I wrote for the album this and sort of there's sort of a main theme but the structure of the album is it's taking you through three generations of Metroid music so uh, one third of the album is uh, made in Famitracker in 8-bit kind of Tanaka era in the style of the original Metroid title uh, the second portion of the album is inspired entirely by Super Metroid and I do the technique that we've used for all of our SNES projects where we rip samples from the game and use uh, things to pitch up and pitch down uh, so that's sort of the bulk of the album is Super Metroid and then the final third of it is in the style of Metroid Prime and then the last track of it is going to be a full orchestral medley that sort of ties in themes from the whole album Cool, together. well this is um, one of the main themes that you hear in the first chunk of the album. This is called Adventure in the Caverns Below by Will.
Cool, you guys are listening to Adventure in the Caverns Below from Child of the Chozo, an upcoming Metroid tribute album by Will. This is obviously inspired a lot by the Brinstar, the main, the first theme you hear in uh, when you're actually playing Metroid for the NES. This is really cool. Uses the FDS expansion. It's I such love a, it. Such a great piece, Will. And everyone can tell just by listening to the overview, the scope of this project is so ambitious. It, it just kind of blew my mind ridiculous. when you first described yeah. it. It's crazy. And it was interesting because... You described it to me before I heard any of the music, and my first thought was, boy, I, you know, are there enough sort of signature musical staples And then in once Metroid? you hear it, it's like, of course there are. You know, and then you realize, like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, you found them, and you're able to really be fluent in yeah, that I'm, language and make new music that's so Yeah, personally, I'm so excited and, like, I can't, I literally can't wait for, I really want this to be done. I want to listen to this album because I think it could make a very large impact on a lot of people. No one's well, thanks, done guys. something like this for the music of Metroid. It's yeah. not something you hear a lot well, of people talk about. It's funny. It was a nice challenge for me because not only um, it's a departure from the type of music I make regularly. Like I was really passionate about that Mario album. I was very proud of it. Uh, but I really wanted to change a pace. And Metroid is known for sort of a dark ambient score, which is sort of a place where I have a blind spot in my own composing. And so this was going to give me three challenges. I would have to work with three three different sound sets in study completely different styles of different composers. I mean, primarily three composers. There's Hip Tanaka, Minako Homano, and Kenji Yamamoto. Mm -hmm. And so studying all of those and really trying to capture the differences between everything, it's proved to be really fun. And it's actually, I don't know, it, it feels more natural than I was expecting because Metroid is probably the series of games I've probably played the most. So as much as I don't think about the music as much as I do to Mario, it's just kind of like it's in part my of your blood, heart, yeah. and it feels very yeah, natural and, and to And it create. seems like you've been really prolific with this project. Every time I talk to you, it sounds like there's... So, there's so yeah, guys, I've already made like 14, really and it's going to be a 20-track album, so wow, it's going to be kind of Very, big. very good to know. So, I, yeah, guys, stay tuned for that. So we'll play one more later from that. Let's play a track, uh, the, the Soul Marty track from Megabuster. This is a track that Marty composed on his own. This is called Microman. Here we go. Listening to Microman, composed by Marty from Megabuster. Really excited when I heard this because uh, it was covering a different territory than any of the tracks had, and it still fits so well in the album. And I think the average person's not gonna care or notice. Oh, 
different composers. It just sounds like Mega Man. It sounds fun. It sounds like classic video game music. So glad this was in the album. Uh, I love this track. Well, it was oh, great thanks, to have man. Marty included in the project because Marty is a phenomenal composer and he's just... He's a master of creating really catchy, memorable melodies. In, in, in addition to that, he's a third perspective. He offers a different perspective. So I'm excited for future projects to have Marty's you know, collaborations right. there because I think it's going to make them stronger. But to me, especially oh, thanks, working guys. on video game music and like old school video game music, having a perspective of someone who you know, is really diligent about making well-crafted, you know, timeless melodies is really a treat. Well, thanks, man. Unfortunately, yeah. Marty doesn't do that. So actually, Marty, yeah. that check, it's... I think, will never reach you. Okay. Just kidding. You know, I had, a, I had a feeling. Um, no, well, thanks so much, guys, for uh, including this on the on the Mega Buster album and, and also today. I think probably the biggest inspiration is the little uh, Mega Man fanfare that never gets stretched out into into a full theme. Oh, nice. I, I always felt like that captured the character so much. And so this is... You know, in a very sort of similar uh, energy, and I actually had two different pieces that I was uh, debating. You kind of put them together, and uh, no, actually, they were they were separate. Um, but the other piece had this intro, which is the intro you hear here. Oh, okay, and I had played both of them for Will, and he really liked the intro of one piece. Um, but then I think he was he liked he liked the rest of the piece, but he was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is good. And then I showed him this one and said, well, I have this other. Mm-hmm. There's this other piece. He said, "Oh, I got well, then have, when we I put them together, that. I remember when you were playing. You were like, da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, I love it. But the one thing I miss is the da, 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 da. like that. Just felt so kind of Capcom. Yeah, because he had heard that intro by that point. He's like, I want that intro. Yeah, and, and then when you put it together, yeah. it's just like, oh, it's so natural. And then having it's that Microman. A melody <laughs> as sort of <laughs> that's a, Microman, kid. You yeah. got it. You nailed it. Yeah, no, that that's so fun. Yeah, I had guys. I had such a great time working on that album. Uh, if anyone hasn't heard that album, uh, Mega Buster, feel free to head on. And all, most of this music we're playing today, uh, if you're curious to hear more, feel free to head on over to SuperMarcadoBros.com. You can check out our original music page, and we have quite a few releases, and we're always having more. You know, Will has an album that's going to be coming out very soon, and I have an album I'm going to be announcing in a few tracks here. A in new a album, few tracks. Uh, that I'm going to be releasing soon, too. So Dude, That would be great to measure time by tracks. <laughs> in a few tracks from now, yeah. So anyway, let's move on to another track of mine from Sonic Esque 4. This is um, a track, in some ways it was influenced by Ice Cap Zone because I wanted to have uh, kind of an ice-themed level, and obviously there were elements of that song that was inspirational to the song, but in general I was kind of just going a little more broadly. I was zooming out. Even from Sonic I was zooming out, and I just wanted to make something that kind of held up on its own. And if, it if, does. This is such a great track. the best song in the album, I I think it has the best melody and it definitely I don't know it feels very like Japanese video game music which is something I'd never heard Carl kind of really do like that really kind of Japanese oh, cool. well, sound I yeah, love let's, it let's take a listen to Arctic Wasteland from Sonic Esque 4 <laughs>
was Arctic Wasteland, uh, which is a track of mine from Sonic-esque Volume 4. Dude, that's such a great song. What I love about uh, Sonic-esque Volume 4, and actually in the earlier Sonic-esques this happened as well, but uh, you have that great end credit section where it ends up being almost like an overture or like a reprise overture of all the great themes in the game. Mm. And when this came up in that credit section, it was just like, oh my gosh, I loved it the first time. But you had just enough time away from it, and mm-hmm. it sort of like seeped into your subconscious. Where it was just clear how great this piece. Oh, was. thanks. That that it means so much to me because that's exactly kind of the thing I was dreaming that would have possibly happened with that credits medley. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm so intrigued. Every time Carl does a Sonic album, I always encourage him like do the medley, and usually he's kind of resistant to it. Cause it's, it's hard to do. It's a, it's kind of hard. It's to really hard to organize transitions it, make it transition well. A lot of times you, you have, have to have those re- great like snare fills. Well, and you have to resequence it to I, make sure this album guys will was so adamant that i do that in the way that he does it in sonic 2 that i had to resequence a lot of the tracks because will thought he was like one of the cool things about sonic 2 is all the tracks are at the same tempo in the credits yeah. mystic cave zones faster casino right. night zones faster right. it's all right. one tempo so i had i tried to do that as much as i could with the tracks. well and there's sure. a certain point a where you time, can slow it, it down but i i don't know i really i really like it because i'm it's one of the things I'm most interested about, and it's like the whole, to me, that's like my experiment, like as a science project for this Metroid album is to see if you can, you know, create the emotion of nostalgia that we get in games, but within one album. So yeah. that's why I really it's, like It's a cool that. experiment, and it's I'm something that, by that we're all very interested in. Let's move on to a track of Will's. This is from an album he released uh, about a year ago called The Hero Time Forgot. And this is the only track we have yet to share with you guys. This is the, the title, title track. track. Yeah. yeah, the title track, and really one of my favorites. This is The Hero Time Forgot, composed by Will. Yeah, this is a piano album. Here we go. Beautiful stuff. You guys are listening to the title track. This is The Hero Time Forgot, composed by Will from the same album. That's uh, a great which, album. 
It's a great album, really fun album. Nice change of pace for our website. You know, our music page, we have a lot of rocking stuff, a lot of 8-bit stuff. Um, this is a really cool album. Even in this playlist, guys, you know, it's just like really nice contrast, really to just kind of close your eyes. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Will really loves writing piano music. He's always doing it every time I go over to his house. He's always playing piano, coming up with a new, oh, what are you playing, Will? Oh, just a new thing I wrote. He's always I just, writing I like, stuff on piano. I like piano. the piano. I and don't know. So I, Will, you should make a sequel to this album. You should make another album. Yeah, I've like been thinking this. about it. I recently, you should make a prequel. <laughs> I, I recently invested in uh, Quantum Leap Pianos uh, from East West, the same uh, group that makes Hollywood Strings and Hollywood Brass. Which, which we is, use a lot. We use um, a lot on our albums, and it's a pretty cool piano collection. There's four... Uh, different, unique pianos that have been sampled at like every articulation. Those They're so beautiful. Really wow. quality for yeah, anything. That's, so that's cool, man. I'm excited to make a new kind of piano. Well, guys, this project. is really exciting. I talked about this earlier, but in order to kind of promote the musical that we're all in that Marty wrote, Fireflower, let's play a track from Fireflower. And just so you guys know, right now, right now on iTunes, um, this is just the backing tracks. This is everything but the melody. And Marty's going to sing um, live on the podcast this song for you guys to hear what this musical is going to sound like. This is one of my favorite favorite songs in the show it's called one small stumble and marty is the main character in this play he's called single player and yeah this happens in a part of the story where single player comes upon the fireflower so let's take a listen to one small stumble one small stumble the earth might tumble my walls come Cool. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. That was One Small Stumble, one of the songs from Fireflower. Nice job, man. Oh, fun. thanks. Good singing. Yeah, what a neat opportunity, uh, guys. Thanks for... It's fun having Very live fun. singing on the yeah. podcast. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, and obviously it's something that wouldn't happen very often, and... Um, as far as we know, we don't really think there's been a musical that's been underscored um, by eight know, by, by yeah. eight bit, at least not authentically music. like this. I mean, there's reason for it because it's it's pretty tricky to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a it is a real challenge. And the guys I've talked before, um, you know, throughout the history of the podcast about some of the challenges writing for the Nintendo, and so that was all present here too, where I had to write and uh, arrange everything for the three voices, and then Will had to painstakingly implemented into family tracker and uh the, but the results are really exciting and um yeah anyone that is in the anyone that's in minnesota in the twin cities area um please do come check us out there's going to be links with the show details on the Mercado site and we would love to see you there yeah, Absolutely. the music, if this is an indication, the music's fantastic, and it's kind of, it's fun. It's because actually it's sort good, of a, so if you guys hated well, it's this like one. A, <laughs> it's like a 1930s golden era musical sound. It Really, a lot of it reminds me of Wizard of Oz, just because of the quality of it and sort of the air that it's going for. Yeah, and just so you guys know, I play kind of like a big brown ogre 
kind of like a Goomba, one might say. That's my character who's very grumpy and actually hates music, hates songs. And, and Will's character is the, is the villain. You know, you could think of sort of like a Bowser type of character. Yeah, and like I said, I just got that makeup off, so I'm still kind of sore from it. Uh, something that's really cool about the show and how the underscore works is... Uh, the French Festival, um, there's a lot of different shows in it, and most of them are kind of small budget. So what's fun is the whole 8-bit underscore actually kind of came out of necessity because we couldn't hire, you know, musicians. <laughs> That's and so cool. One of the things that makes it so tricky is uh, when you have live musicians, they can play to the performers, but we didn't have that luxury. So any time where there needs to be a slowdown and the feeling of rubato, that needed to be kind of crafted right, right. that way. And so we just not sort really of check those things in rehearsal and then go back yeah. to family tracker so it's a cool tempos. it's a cool and unique challenge that you wouldn't have in most shows but at the end of the day i think it, the result's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be so, a lot of fun yeah let's move on now i'm really excited about this this is a new album that i'm working on a new project and this is a kirby tribute album this is a such album, a cool idea yeah and in, in, in tribute to the music of kirby because i love it so much we had a kirby episode and we've played a lot of music uh from that series the main composer is Jun Ishikawa, who I'm such a big fan of. And what I love about Kirby music is it's bouncy, it's fun, it does not take itself seriously. And I had such a great time making this piece, and I look forward to making the rest of the album. Well, Carl, isn't this specifically kind of a nod to Specifically, Kirby's Dreamland 3, which is my nice. favorite Kirby soundtrack for the Super NES. It was one of the last games to be released on the system. It came out very late. Really great samples. I ripped all the samples from that game in this track. And so most, I think the whole album album and really kind of go for that sound as far as you know what the samples are Very uh, cool. so anyone who likes that soundtrack you'll you know you'll recognize these instruments but this is a track um called prairie land one from my upcoming kirby album here we go Land One, which is the first track that I wrote uh, for my upcoming Kirby album. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I've been listening to this one a lot this week. Carl actually just wrote this um, last week, so this is a very, very fresh thing. So I'm really excited about this because I really love this album. I think it has a 
great melody of what I've heard so far. Uh, and the sampling just works yeah. so well. Um, both Carl and I, the projects we're working on now, it's kind of fun. <laughs> we're both really heavily um, using the Super Nintendo samples, yeah. which is I love it. a very tedious process of not only ripping the samples. But when you samples, get the finished product, it's so enjoyable. It's so cool because yeah. th there's nothing like it that really mm -hmm. exists, and it sounds exactly yeah, and like it. the implementation is so nice here. You would never imagine in a million years that it that it's comprised of all those individually ripped samples. Yeah. It just the music lives and breathes. It's oh cool, man. Yeah, really Thank nice. you. Yeah, I was and, and it's great how you're able to use all the different sound sets to really pass around, you know, mm -hmm. the melody to different members of your SNES orchestra. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. No, I I'm really excited to work on this because it's it's um Kirby music is a lot simpler than Mario or Zelda music, pretty much, you know, most Nintendo music. It's really fun, really bubbly and bouncy, and I ha I can't help but be happy when I'm writing this kind of music and working on it. So really, it's a nice kind of stress relief. Well, because it's not that stressful well, and it's funny I feel like it's a change of pace for you because where is. Metroid is a change of pace for you a lot of your music to me is like really cool and it's like trying to be groovy and like cool mm -hmm. and Kirby is the opposite of cool yeah, this Kirby sort of like is the kind of embarrassing come off for exactly this Kirby. yeah so, and so for me it's like most of my music is nerdy and uncool and mm -hmm. like the Metroid thing is, is more a little cooler cool. so it's funny like <laughs> we're switching roles we're switching roles well, I, like how, I like how you had said that the Kirby music doesn't take itself seriously but it does take fun seriously that's yeah. true and, and that and that's definitely alive in this track too cool cool well I think now guys it's time to play the second track we're gonna unveil another track from Child of the Chozo this is another this is uh we're having two SNES tracks back to back so this is an SNES track you know obviously inspired by the Super Metroid era this is a track called Labyrinthia composed by Will That is so cool. It's groovy and atmospheric, very Yamamoto inspired. Uh, yeah, no, that's that. Will was right. Metroid music is cool. Uh, I really like this. You're listening to Labyrinthia from Child of the Chozo. Yeah, this Love one's it. very different from uh, actually the other 16-bit ones. This is the only one with the drum kit that mm -hmm. like rocks at all. Most of them are pretty ambient, and a lot of them are just kind of more slow. One of the traits that I found of a lot of Metroid music of this era is the oscillation between um, keys. So it's basically there'll be a chord and then a chord the half step up, and just a lot of like some of the signature modulations where it's like it's not necessarily atonal because yeah. it's still abiding by the rules glad, of the key, uh, but it modulates a lot. Glad you chose these two tracks to unveil because these are definitely probably the most too like catchy and melodic maybe of the album yeah that's what i was thinking and they're both two that feel kind of 
reminiscent of some of the more fun music in the But what series. you guys should be looking forward to is hearing the ambient ones, the ones yeah. that really take you on this atmospheric journey. Because to capture that is something that really takes a lot of craft. So I'm excited for you guys to well, hear that. Well, and the thing that, I, that I, I really wanted to work on, I didn't want it to be ambient, like like boring, like you could put it in the background. Right. I wanted it yeah. to be that kind of melodic ambience where it's like, if you were to play it on the piano, it would be very pretty. But it's just a little bit more complicated and not kind of the instant, you know, sugary right. satisfaction. Cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. So now let's move on to a track of mine from an album called Deep Water, which I released uh, one or two years ago. Kind of a chill, electronic-y album. Um, and a couple of the tracks, I got my my good friend and very frequent collaborator, I've been in a bunch of bands with him, Elliot Keys, to play bass. Uh, this is one track that does feature his bass playing. It starts off with a synth bass, and then later on in the track, um, it's some, some real bass comes in. This is a kind of a fun, a synthy track called A Moment Too Late. Here we go. Guys, listening to a moment too late from the album of mine, Deep Water. Yeah, so a lot of obviously kind of jazzy improvisation in this track, kind of a different side um, that, than the music that we usually play in this podcast. I do love Elliot, <laughs> as do I. Yeah, no, super groovy track. Love the love the synth sounds, and it's cool that the sort of late snare groove throughout the song really kind of. Gets it to move in an interesting way. And cool. Yeah, really yeah and obviously exciting. this um, is not melodic. It's basically just like small fragments of like improv, improvised solos that are passed from different synths. Um, kind of an experiment uh, track that I try. I really want the bass to be the focus of this. Uh, the bass line is, I think, kind of the focus. I of like this some song. of the leaps. The yeah. Like that's that's really catchy. Cool. That feels yeah. like something you'd write in your funk group. 
Thanks. Well, yeah, I think now it's time to move on to a track that Marty composed. Ooh, this, this is a track, great. an orchestral track called Descending the Castle. Let's take a listen. That is so cool. Definitely some Star Wars influence here in the rhythms of that low um, string section. Yeah, I mean, it's... A little bit, but, but, oh, this is such an imaginative piece. Uh, What do you guys think? What could you hear this in as far as a video game? I hear a lot of um, kind of elements I don't think this was inspired by, but this would fit in a Rayman game. What do you think, Will? You know that you mentioned that. That's totally true, just because a lot of the Rayman, well, like the two Mm -hmm. recent games, feature very serious, like, great orchestral music that feels like from films. But what I love about this... I don't know, all the different sections. Such a fantastic melody, of course. And but it's sequenced very Wonderful well. sequencing and orchestration oh, by Marty. And Marty was actually sharing this with me last night. And uh, this is actually a melody that he'd been sitting on for like, what was it, like four years or something? Since like 2010? I think three years. Yeah, That's I mean, cool. it was pretty much the complete piece. And I just sort of had it around and didn't really have a use for it. And then yeah. ultimately there was an opportunity to... Or to orchestrate it. Yeah, if so. anyone doesn't know this, um, you know, if anyone's not really into the technical side of, of recording and production, this is not a real orchestra. If anyone isn't aware of that, this is all done on a computer. Marty's had a lot mm. of experience uh, with this. One of the films that he uh, scored, it was called The Cucarantula, um, went to the Cannes Film Festival. He wrote two kind of tango pieces in the similar style of sequencing. Yeah, yeah that was really that was really We're exciting. really proud of you for that, man. Oh, yeah, thanks, really guys. interesting Congrats short film. I still haven't seen that uh, sh- particular short film. The music works yeah, fun. You, Marty showed me this cool thing in Sibelius. Uh, the program, the notational software, you're able to like sync it up with the video and so you're right, actually right, able right. to score right to the picture. That is which the is advantage of awesome. uh, modern day technology. So let's move, play, move on to a track 
by Will from his album Dear Mario. One of the cool things that Will introduced in this album is he wanted to have map themes. You know, one of the his favorite things and my favorite thing about Mario 3 is the iconic map music. So Absolutely. he really wanted to do that. But what I like about this track, it's called In the Path of the Evil King, is I hear a lot of influence from Mario 3D World because that classic Bowser theme, that really swanky kind of big band theme, is such a great um, fit for Bowser, but it's not the sound we've heard in the past right, for Bowser. Right. So this is almost combining Mario 3D World mixed with Mario 3, and this is what you get. Here we go. beans you guys are listening to in the path of the evil king which would be you know maybe the final world map theme in this imaginary game this is from dear mario by will and yeah you, you mentioned uh, swanky good. that's the perfect way to describe this and yeah it's kind of what i was and, for. and i was just uh telling the guys i love how the low end of this piece sounds it's like the it's kick banging. sample that's used which i believe is from mario 3 and just where the triangle sitting like what range the triangle sits in just it's great. So great well this is like one of the last pieces that i did i'd come off of, i mean working on so much music for this album and also working on fire flower stuff and listening and loving the mario 3d world yeah, your soundtrack. sequencing dude has come leaps and bounds every month Thank i you. feel like you're just making yeah i'd yeah. put you against anybody yeah. this is probably the one well the one of the reasons i'm playing it is um this isn't necessarily my favorite track from the album it i don't know it might be i, I just I'm really proud of the sequencing for it and like the bass part writing it, it I don't know it's just kind of it, mm, it, it feels different because like a lot of the music that I did you know it feels very kind of yeah, this is very different Mario. from a lot of the music on the album um, yeah. yeah I, yeah, I, 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 I think my favorite thing this. about your album are the map themes I, I gotta say I mean because they're so yeah, they're very strong they map hit you and you're like oh, before you listen to the album you're like I don't know map and then you listen like yes map music there's yeah. something very iconic about well, Mario again map it's like music. I'm always intrigued about kind of the nature of loop music and short, short loops loop music, and like yeah. how you can almost be craving the return to the loop where it doesn't feel like oh that's it like it almost feels like oh I really want this again I know. and it makes you just it's that feeling of like why you stay on the map music that's so I was cool, really dude. interested by that's so that. cool and I don't hear that with amateur chip tuners out there. That's not something I really hear people dabble yeah, in me as neither. much. So very yeah, cool. I was very proud of this album. To me, this is almost like the thing compositionally. This album is like the thing I'm most proud of that I've ever mm-hmm. done. It really meant a lot to me because the Mario music played such a big impact in you know my childhood nostalgia. Oh, for sure. Well, now let's play this last track we'll talk about here. This is uh, a track that I composed solely uh, from the Mega Buster album. We've played a Will track, we played a Marty track, and now we'll play a Carl track. This is Electrode Man. This one was cool because I used some of those kind of, um, the different type of the noise channel that you can do on the NES. Oh, yeah, uh, the metallic. Yeah, the metallic right. noise channel, uh, which is obviously pretty famous for Mega Man 2. So let's take a listen to Electrode Man. <laughs> Electrode 
That was Electrode Man, a track that I composed from our album Megabuster. Man, that is that is so cool. Actually, this is this what's happening right now. That A melody, it's probably my favorite of of your of your, of your melodies from the Megabuster. Oh, cool! Album. Thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah this, I have to agree. This might be my favorite track I did. Well, cool. actually, I, I I would have to say my favorite is the boss th- music from this game. Like, it's mm-hmm. just so fantastic oh, and really on the nose. But yeah, out of all the level themes, I think this is the best one you did. It's the longest, and each section really keeps my interest. Yeah, I think what happened totally is this was the good. last level theme I did, and I was like, okay, I really want to push myself. It's like, I'm happy with the ones I've done, but this is my last one. Really want to make something that I'm really happy with, so I think I went a little bit push myself harder on this you can, one. You can feel that. What, what I love about this song is uh, Will had shared to me that you're going to use that duty cycle of the noise channel, and I was like, oh, that's really neat, and that's something really specific to Mega Man, but honestly, that Mega Man piece that uses it, it's not about the melody. It's about implementing that yeah. And there's not really that strong thematic material. Mm-hmm. Feel free to argue with me. But I, I love that you're able to have such a really strong and compelling emotional melody and still use that effect. It was, oh, cool. it was great. Thanks. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I really love it. I mean, I might disagree a little bit on the Mega Man 2 <laughs> track. That Oh, no, it's a classic track. It. I, but I feel not. like... What, what I think, if anything, I will agree with Marty, is it's more about the kind of... I think that track is about the groove and the interaction Well, I think the use of the metal does that, but to be honest, I think that's one of my favorite melodies from the the game. But I, I do agree. I feel like the use of the metal in that track yeah, is Yeah, one for fun fact is, rhythms, with this track, I, really I, I had melody. it finished, and I was like, huh... And I noticed that like there's a it was like microtones. The metallic was just really clashing with the key of this piece. So I actually on Reaper, which is a program we use, I did you know this wouldn't have been done on Family Tracker on the NS. I pitched it down a little bit so that it didn't yeah, quite it's funny, get in the way. Because with the uh, with the actual pitched uh, voices, you can do like very small subtle yeah, pitch adjustments, adjust, but not metallic pitch. Well, the noise the, it's there's not only actually like twelve pitches, you know levels do, or something. Yeah, you can't yeah. do like fine pitch adjustment or really pitch adjustment in general. I'm glad I did that because it was settings. really getting in the way. So once I did that, because yeah, I think really those things aren't equal tempered actually. Like okay. the pitches that come from that duty cycle. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. This was original showcase five. We're coming up on the five, end of the wow. season. Yeah, I can't believe the fifth time we've done this. We only have two more episodes, guys, for this season, and then we're gonna wow. have our season six. And you guys know, if anyone's unfamiliar, the reason why we kind of uh, organize things into seasons is we kind of like to have a flow and a path of a season where we start a season off with a really interesting kind of broad look at a topic in video games. For example, things we've done in the past are history of video game music, evolution of the NES, things like that and you know human end, touch yeah East and versus the West. end of seasons usually we try to have something exciting either an interview something kind of bigger so that's kind of you know the way every 25 episodes we kind of yeah it's just over. a way of categorizing it and for us to keep track it's it's fun that way and um we usually take our little break about you know three or four episodes into a new season um but you know for the last couple of years the way we've been doing it is instead of just not giving any content for you guys we have those marcato radio episode yeah so we're gonna have some an actual proper marcato radio coming up you know near in the beginning of the next season where we're just gonna play non-stop uh, video game music but yeah next week we have credits volume three which is gonna be a lot of fun stick around with us for this podcast uh hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode reminder that you can subscribe to us 
You can subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook. We also have a donate button on our website if anyone's interested, because we do have to cover some fees out of our own pocket on this podcast. Once again, Marty, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I I always love coming on the show. Yeah, again, once again, please, uh, if you are able, come see Firefly. We're all really proud of it. And also, if you're not in the region, um, you can actually donate to our Indiegogo page. Uh, and for a pretty reasonable price, you'll get a copy of the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Yeah, and currently, a digital download or a CD. Yeah, currently those and donations. we're also going to have a documentary as well. Yeah, and those donations are the only way um, to get that content right Simply now. enough, you know, for fans of this podcast, that soundtrack will be very enjoyable. It, it, yeah. It's kind of, you know, really kind of nice, theatrical, timeless Video game music slash classical. It kind of, you know, video game music shares so many similarities with show tunes. We've talked about and you're it. Gonna hear, so you're, you're going to get to hear us sing, which is something mm-hmm. we already do. But. Really cool. Really cool stuff. Yeah. So actually, guys, all three Marcado brothers are, will sing on that soundtrack. Yeah, so. Absolutely. So let's play out with a track uh, from a game that we're kind of currently. We, we worked on it. hasn't been released. Uh, it's called Pocket Defender, kind of a Missile Command game. It uh, hasn't come out. We don't know exactly when it's going to come out, but we played one track before. Let's play another track. This is BGM2 Round 2, composed by Will and myself from Pocket Defender. Have a great week, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Marty, for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Peace out. <laughs>